Tonight we're in Psalm 90. And as we continue to examine the subject of prayer throughout God's Word on Wednesday evenings, the subject I have chosen for our gathering tonight is praying in light of life's brevity. Praying in light of life's brevity. Psalm 90. And while our focus will be entirely on verse 12, to set the context, I will begin reading in verse 1. A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, Thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever Thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction, and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood, they are as a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth, and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down, and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, it is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And what a needful prayer Moses prays there in verse 12. Teach us to number our days. So let's consider first what it means. And in our defining what verse 12 means, I think it's important to clarify what it does not mean. Moses is not asking God to help him count how many days he has lived thus far, or how many days he has left in this life in a mathematical way. This prayer of Moses is not a recommendation for me to come to this day recognizing that I have lived 12,864 days on earth thus far. And it certainly does not mean that it would benefit me to calculate how many days I have left to live, since no one knows the certainty of their day of death. So what Moses is asking the Lord for is first a deeper perception of the shortness of life. Teach us to number our days is a reminder that our life, which James reminds us in the book of James, is a vapor. Our life is quickly fading and death and eternity are soon approaching. Moses is asking the Lord for a deeper perception of the shortness or brevity of life. Second, in this prayer, Moses is asking the Lord for a greater recognition of the uncertainty of life. Teach us to number our days is a prayer that hits us with the reality that none of us have the promise of tomorrow. 
And this is the truth of Proverbs 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And then third in this prayer, Moses is asking the Lord for a humble identification of the seriousness of life. Teach us to number our days is a prayer that causes us to live under a constant apprehension that every day is a treasured gift from God that should not be wasted on trivial matters. So what do we have in this prayer? Verse number 12. Moses is asking the Lord for a deeper perception of the shortness of life, a greater recognition of the uncertainty of life, and then a humble identification of the seriousness of life. Now, having considered what this prayer means, looking to the second half of the verse, let's think for a moment why this prayer is so important to pray. And it's important to ask God to teach us to number our days because we often forget how quick life passes. As I just mentioned in the hymn, lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thy love for me, lest I forget. Well, we are prone to forget. So we need to pray this prayer, teach us to number our days because we often forget how short life really is. Now, theologically speaking, we would never deny the fact that one day we are going to die. We not only have the truths of Scripture to explain this, but we see it unfolding before our eyes in this world. And yet, it is possible for us to live in such a way that we think ourselves to be invincible. So we have need and a great need to ask God to teach us to number our days so that we do not forget that life is like a passing shadow. It's important to pray this so that we do not forget verse 10 of Psalm 90, that one day our life will be cut off. Now, another reason we have need to pray this prayer is because more times than we would like to admit, we live as if we have a guarantee of tomorrow. We live as if we have a guarantee of next week, next month, and next year. And are we not a people who are prone to put things off until later? Are we not prone to give excuses as to why we cannot involve ourselves in certain activities? Well, we are, which means that we have need to ask God to help us remember that tomorrow is an unpromised day so that we don't put off living for the Lord in today. And I would say that if every Christian could fully be captivated by this truth, captivated by the truth that our physical strength and our mental capabilities might be completely gone tomorrow, maybe, just maybe, we might see Christians fully live for Christ, which would lead to the church flourishing and the lost world being one with the gospel. But often we don't live in such a way because we foolishly tell ourselves, well, I'll start living holy for the Lord tomorrow. When my finances become more secure, I will give more sacrificially. 
When I learn a few more Bible verses, then I will witness to my neighbor or coworker. After this season in our family, if there's nothing else going on on Sundays, and we give excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse, and what do you know? Before you know it, our excuses have led us to a place where we've lost opportunity after opportunity to worship, serve, and be a witness for the Lord in today. So you see, teach us to number our days is an appropriate prayer because it hits us with the reality that our obituary may be written tomorrow. We don't like to think that way, I know, but we must because it's true. A third reason we have need to pray this prayer of Moses is because sadly, we give our time, energy, and resources to things which are more temporal which is, at its essence, what it means to live foolishly. So catch this. So we pray, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You see, in this world, we live in a constant struggle between living foolishly and living wisely. And this is the theme of the entire book of Proverbs. You have the pathway of wisdom and the pathway of foolishness. You have Lady Wisdom lifting up her voice. And you have Lady Foolishness seeking to steal away the people of God from giving their full attention and affection to the Lord. So we in this life make choices that are wise and choices that are foolish. To live for this world is foolish. To live for Christ and eternity is wise. And Jesus uses this comparison, doesn't he, on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. We are either wise builders or foolish builders. If we hear God's word and practice those truths that we hear from God's word, we are counted as wise. If we only hear God's word and then neglect, the, neglect to do them, then we are regarded as foolish. To live by the teachings of Christ is wise. To live by the values of men in this world is foolish. And God's word clearly tells us from beginning to end that God wants us to live in wisdom. And the only way we can live wisely, the only way that we can truly walk in the path of wisdom is to ask God for His divine enablement. Because as Jesus said, John chapter 15, without Him we can do what? Nothing. We ought to ask God to help us number our days so He can enable us to apply our hearts Unto wisdom. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And of ourselves, we cannot keep our hearts with all diligence. We need the power of the Spirit. We need Christ to strengthen us to live in such a wise way. And I hope we are beginning to realize how weak and insufficient we are to live the Christian life in and of ourselves. We cannot do it. We live in a world filled with demonic activities. We are often tempted to sin. 
prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We are often distracted by those things that have no eternal value. And if we are honest, we would have to admit that our attention and our affections are set upon sports, politics, hobbies, worthless YouTube videos, and spending hours watching other people live their lives on Facebook. And if we are honest, we must acknowledge that much of our time, energy, and financial, financial resources are frequently spent on that which does not pertain to the kingdom of God. It's okay to be honest. And the only way we can start living the Christian life in the right way is to be honest. Let's be honest as we look at our life, as we think about the minutes and hours that we have Much of our life has been wasted. Many hours have been spent on that which is useless and unproductive. I'm preaching to myself here. If there's ever been a time where I've been confronted with this one truth, how quickly time is passing. Now, I do not have the promise of tomorrow. Surely it's now. I've been convicted and challenged lately. By this gripping truth, Lord, teach me to number my days. And if I can poke on one subject, I I would have to confess that these technology devices that they call smartphones, which are actually dumb phones, are actually digital leeches, which still are time and our affections away from where they ought to be. There are times where I find myself, just like everybody else, justifying my scrolling endlessly through the news so I can just keep up with the events of the world. When I know in reality, to stay encouraged in the Lord, I need to be renewing my mind with the truth of Scripture. There are times in which I find myself giving my energies to that which cannot profit when I could be encouraging my soul with a good Christian book. I I could be honing my skills, so to say, and being a better husband to my wife or being a better father to my children. And we have need to pray this prayer so that God can tune our hearts to fear his name so that we can do what is right. Now, this is not to say that checking the news is inherently sinful. This is not to say that God doesn't give us rest and refreshment and enjoyment. My point is, we have need. You and I have a great need to redeem our time, don't we? And isn't it interesting that Paul highlights this truth not once but twice in the New Testament to two different church congregations. In Ephesians 5, 16 Colossians 4, 5, Paul pleads with believers to redeem their time. What does it mean to redeem our time? The same thing it means to number our days. It means that we are to be conscious of the fact that life is brief. Tomorrow is an unpromised day and we only have so much time to use our strength to live for Christ. To redeem the time means that we strive to make our life count for something. Redeeming the time means that we endeavor not to give way to idleness. So let me ask you this evening. What does your life tell of you? Where do your affections lie? 
What are your hours given to? On what do you spend your money on? You say, oh, now the pastor's meddling. Am I, Jesus said, where your treasure is? There will your heart be also. It's possible to speak about living for eternity and push out the area of finances. When in reality, our finances show whether or not we are living for eternity. You show, you show me somebody who spends thousands on toys and movies and name brand clothes and personal pleasure. I will show you somebody who's fixed on things of this earth. But you show me somebody who invests in the kingdom of heaven and does so sacrificially. I will show you somebody who is praying the prayer, Lord, teach us to number our days. Church family, listen, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ shall last. We have a great need not only to pray this prayer given to us in Psalm 90, but to pray a prayer that was molded by this prayer. The great evangelist Jonathan Edwards used to pray, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. What a great prayer. Jonathan Edwards, a man who gave himself fully to prayer in the ministry of the Word. Jonathan Edwards, a man who was mightily used in the great awakening that swept our nation in the 1700s. Lord, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. And you see, it's no wonder that God used him in the way he did. It's no wonder that Jonathan Edwards preached. And the power of the Spirit. He was conscious of his need to live for eternity. So he prayed and prayed again. And from what we can tell of his life, the Lord answered his prayer. Was he perfect? No. Was he sinless? Far from it. But there was something of the urgency when he stepped behind the pulpit. He was, as Richard Baxter said, preaching as a dying man to dying men. He was preaching not just to the minds, but to the souls of his hearers trying to wake them up out of sleep and seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Teach us to number our days because one day we will soon stand before Christ and give an account of our life. You see, this is urgent. This is serious. This is not a trifling matter. James tells us, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. The prayer request is a prayer request for wisdom. And James says we can go to the fountain of wisdom, to the God who is all wise, who delights to give good gifts to his children. So this is praying according to God's will. How do we know we're praying according to God's will? We've already considered that in a past lesson. We pray the scripture, and this is a great prayer to pray. Not in a dead, dry, liturgical way, but in your pleading, in your passionate pouring out of your soul. Lord, please, I've been living for this world. I've been focusing on that which is more temporal. I need you to adjust my heart and my mind. Help me to number my days so that my heart might be applied unto wisdom. So as we conclude, I want to challenge you with something. I want to challenge you to ask God 
to help you number your days so that you might apply your heart to wisdom as it pertains to living for eternity. Have you heard the saying that it's possible to be so heavenly minded you're no earthly good? I don't think that's biblical. I don't think that's our problem. Our problem is we're so earthly minded that we're no heavenly good. So we have need the Lord change our focus, change our desires, change our decisions. I want to ask you, church, to ask God to help us as a congregation to be more eternally minded in how we worship the Lord Sunday by Sunday and how we serve Him year by year. We collectively as the body of Christ, need to catch this truth. Oh, that we would come before the Lord on Sunday mornings and say, this might be our last Sunday. Next week, we may be in the perfect church in heaven. You see, often we, oh, well, it's just Sunday morning. Got to rush to church to get my coffee. We got all these things going on. The kids are screaming in the car. We just break through the doors and here we are. And we forget When thou enterest into the house of God, Ecclesiastes tells us, be more ready to hear. Be careful. Don't approach this holy time of worship in a flippant way. Teach us, Lord, to number our days so that we might apply our hearts to wisdom as it pertains to the worship of God and then the service of the church. 1 Corinthians, we've been going through. Paul tells us that the church is a holy temple and we are laborers in that temple. We cannot be Nadab and Abihu. We cannot offer strange fire unto the Lord. We cannot do that which we want to do in this place. We ought to do what God has commanded us to do in His Word. So we pray, Lord, teach us collectively, each and every person, to number our days. And when we see a brother or sister in Christ slipping away, giving time to earthly pleasures more than the things of God, we pray this prayer for them. Lord, teach them to number their days. And in this, we ask God to awaken Christians around the world to live in the light of life's brevity. And just think what our churches might be if God answered this one prayer. Just imagine that for a moment. If the Spirit of God would fall down upon us and give us an eternal mindset. Think about what the world would think if most professing Christians actually sought first the kingdom of God and Christ's righteousness. Think about husbands and wives and children and family units. Think about them if they were hit with this one truth, walking together in the fear of the Lord, as goes the church, so goes the nation, but as goes the home, so goes the church, so it begins in our home, that we would live for eternity there. Think about the bright light we could be to this dark world if God gave us our heart's desire in this prayer request. Think about the work that could be done and souls that could be saved. So it begins with us. It begins right here. Will you take God's word seriously or will you just let it roll off your hearts and fall to the ground? The choice is ours. Will we sincerely pray it or not? And then will we endeavor 
to live out what we pray or not. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom.